Who Owns Your Personal Data? And a preview of ISMG's Healthcare Security Summit coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. Credit reporting companies such as Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion profit handsomely on the personal information of hundreds of millions of consumers. But who owns consumers' personal information, the individual or the credit reporting agency? That's a question raised this past week at a Senate hearing examining the Equifax and Yahoo data breaches. As you recall, the breach exposed the personal information of some 143 million Americans. The Yahoo breach, the largest one ever, allowed hackers to gain access to as many as 3 billion records. Cory Gardner is a Republican senator from Colorado and a member of the Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee that held the hearing. As to who owns an individual's personal data, listen to this exchange between Gardner and the Interim Chief Executive Officer of Equifax, Polino de Rigo Barros, Jr. Mr. Barros, can you tell me who owns the information that you provide to your clients, customers? According to the existing regulatory framework, we own the information. Does a consumer have any ability to say, I don't want you to have that information? They, can, they have the opportunity today or do, to unlock and unlock their file, and therefore not allow anyone to have access to it. But do I have an ability to say, I don't want Equifax to have any information about me? I understand, this what I said, I understand that from the regulatory framework that we have today, the consumer cannot exit out of their file. So the answer is no. So I, as a consumer, uh, apply for a credit card or a, a bank loan. That institution then provides it to you, and I have no ability to stop that from happening. You can lock and unlock your file. So the answer is no, I can't stop that. And the answer is no, I can't prevent you from getting it. So whose information is this? Is it your file or is it, is it my file or is it your file? Whose file is it? According to the regulatory perspective, I have the information. So it's your file, not my file. So all the information about me... All the consumer information I produce, all the data, everything that I own that defines my life, I have no control over that. Is that correct? Other than you've got it and I can tell you whether I want you to give it or sell it to somebody else. This is how the, the industry framework... I, I, I get it. I get it. Do you think, do you think it's right, though? I, I think it's not my perspective to say it's right or wrong. Just the regulatory perspective that we work on it. Senators listening to Barrows and the other witnesses sounded exasperated with some of their explanations on how they safeguard consumer information. These lawmakers issued a threat. Congress would enact legislation to compel companies to strengthen their cyber defenses to protect the privacy of individuals' information stored on their servers if they don't do so themselves. Lawmakers such as Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut said Equifax and other credit reporting agencies lack the incentive to protect consumer information. After all, consumers aren't these companies' customers. Their customers are banks and lenders that need credit information about the consumers. A bill sponsored by Blumenthal would give the Federal Trade Commission the authority to impose stiff financial penalties on businesses that fail to safeguard consumer information. The Equifax breach in particular exposed the limits of the Federal Trade Commission's ability to protect consumers and impose civil penalties on companies that treat our data with negligence and recklessness. Under current law, even some of the most egregious examples of lack security can be met only with apologies and promises to do better next time, not fines or other penalties or real deterrence that provide incentives to business executives to actually do better. The real deterrent will come when those penalties 
are imposed on executives like the ones before us today. Committee members were especially incensed with the behavior of Equifax by its failure to patch a vulnerable system and announcing on the same day it revealed the security breach that three top executives would be receiving payouts of millions upon millions of dollars. Taking a stick and carrot approach might be the only way consumer reporting agencies will change their behavior in regards to securing consumer data. Here's Democratic Senator Ryan Schatz of Hawaii. The incentives are different between the credit reporting agencies who have essentially zero financial incentive to get it right. You guys get informed by the Department of Homeland Security that there's a vulnerability. You get provided the patch. You don't download the patch. Your scanner doesn't work. Executives cash out their stock. You then start charging people to freeze their credit. You have commercials with LifeLock saying, hey, there's been a breach. You might want to use this product. LifeLock subcontracts to Equifax. You guys continue to be profitable. On the other side, for Verizon, for Yahoo, for Google, for other companies, if you screw up with your customers, there is a customer relationship that is frayed. But in the case of the credit reporting agencies, there is no volition on the side of the customers. And that's the foundational problem here. There is no incentive on your side to do anything other than to charge us to solve the problem that you caused. There is no incentive on your side to spend the money that it would take to transform the company to actually treat us like customers because your customers are lenders. Your customers are not the people who got harmed through the breach. A growing number of lawmakers from both parties are voicing support for a national data protection law. Still, such legislation remains a long way off. We'll be back after this message with a preview of next week's ISMG Healthcare Security Summit in New York. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. ISMG's Healthcare Security Summit will take place November 14th and 15th in New York City. Keynote address will be provided by Jim Ralph, Chief Security Officer, Aetna Global Security, followed by other industry-leading CISOs from organizations like Blue Cross Blue Shield, New York Presbyterian, Hospital for Special Surgery, and more. Visit events.ismg.io and register today. Welcome back. Information Security Media Group kicks off its two-day annual Healthcare Security Summit in New York City on Tuesday. More than 40 experts will address some of the most critical cybersecurity challenges facing healthcare organizations. They'll address ransomware, protecting medical devices from potentially deadly hacks, beefing up breach prevention detection and response, bolstering compliance-driven security risk programs to combat the ever-evolving threat landscape, and many other topics. In the next few minutes, you'll hear excerpts from interviews my ISMG colleagues conducted with the summit's two keynote speakers. Jim Routh is the day one keynoter. He's chief security officer at Aetna Global Security. And at the summit, Jim will share top lessons the health insurer learned during its move to a model-driven cybersecurity approach to threat hunting that uses data analytics. About two and a half years ago, I had this notion that if we took all of the log file data that uh, we collect and uh, had available through a lot of emerging technology and security control capabilities and put it into a large or big data environment and ran some machine learning Uh, algorithms against that, that we could derive information that would help us make better decisions in allocation of scarce resources to the highest risks at the enterprise level. And we could do this at scale and across a large enterprise. So that was my 
you know, notion of, uh, of, of what was appropriate. And I went out and hired a chief data scientist to be uh, dedicated to security, came from the NSA, uh, and he's a great guy. He's done wonderful things. We have 106 models in production today, so he's done just a phenomenal job. But while that was taking place, there were six other implementations in production of models that were driving frontline security control. So an example would be we have a privileged user monitoring capability uh, in place today that, that's been in place for last year that basically measures the online behavior of the privileged user for the period that they have that privilege. And then if there's any deviation in the behavioral pattern, the model automatically generates an email to the person's leader to determine whether that's a legitimate uh, action or not. If there are several deviations, several events that don't match the model, the privilege access is revoked automatically and a SOC, a security operations uh, incident, is initiated. And all of that is done in real time. And that enables enterprises essentially to operate in real time at front, at, with the frontline security controls. And there are going to be more and more instances of that going forward. That's a, a fundamental trend. We, and I've observed it. We have, you know, seven implementations of models that are driving frontline security controls so that the implications from a talent perspective is that we're teaching our security professionals to the fundamentals of data science. And data science is going to be a foundation for both control design and implementation and security. So, so it is having a, a fairly uh, a significant effect going forward. The day two keynote speaker is Phil Rudinger. He heads the Global Cyber Alliance. And we'll discuss cyber self-defense and addressing escalating attacks through partnerships. To succeed, whether in healthcare or other industries, organizations will need to measure their IT security initiatives. Renninger explains why that is so hard. Well, it's very difficult to make a whole variety of reasons. It's a relatively new, you know, science, if you want to use the term science. And it's, it's difficult even for organizations to really quantify it. Part of that is that they don't have all the information. Part of it is there's always sort of a hurricane, you know, element to cybersecurity. It's hard to predict and it has wide effect when it comes. Part of it is that it's not like... And even an earthquake or a hurricane that's a statistical chance every so often, you know, it's a spy versus spy. So you've got an active and adaptive adversary. And that makes quantifying very hard. So to this day, people can put numbers, but most organizations think about their level of security in terms of scales, you know, color scales and low, medium, high. If a board asks you, should I do this, how much more secure would I be? The answer is more secure. The ISMG Healthcare Security Summit gets underway on Tuesday. And that's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. Music.